Our Constitution forbids it. The principles of our freedom forbid it. Morality forbids it. And the law I will sign tonight forbids it. This is the Spud Goodman Show. Show. And here is the studio orchestra of the Spud Goodman Show, sartorially regaled in sequined jumpsuit and cantilevered pompadour, the world's only accordion-playing Elvis impersonator, Accordion Joe! Here comes the Spud Man, he goes down easy, he calls to you who, the social outcast, yes, you who are rejected. He wants you, he needs you, he loves you. Here comes the Spud Man, he goes down easy. Here comes the Spud Man. It's the Spud Goodman Show. Let's get ready, Trumbo. And here he is, the head cheese meister. It's Spud Goodman. Greetings. I am known as Spud Goodman. <laughs> the Spud Man. <laughs> Welcome to my radio show, okay? I'm pretty sure we have enough stuff on this program to keep you interested, i.e. some pretty good guests and also some live music, too, here in the studio. So I'm suggesting you consider hanging around and see if I'm full of crap or not, all right? At this time, I'm supposed to introduce our new designated laugher, Dorothy, who, with full disclosure here, is my aunt. Um, say hi, Aunt Dorothy. Hello, everyone. My name is Dorothy, and I... Aunt Dorothy, I, I already told the listeners your name, but, you know, maybe this would be a good time for you to show off some of your laughing skills. I will be honest with everyone here. Uh, my aunt was not the first person who came to mind to replace our longtime original laugher, Gina. It was, a, you know, very unfortunate that she came down with that horrible case of voice fry. I mean, it was like having all the Kardashians here live in the studio, and I would have had to kill myself, so she did the right thing by resigning... And she's going to be impossible to replace. Nonsense. I've been laughing my whole life, Spud. A lot longer than that well, girl. So I will be fine. How's this? <laughs> well, you know, that remains to be seen. The, the laugh was okay, though, I guess. I, you know, I, I, I've always liked your spunky confidence, Aunt Dorothy, but Gina was a highly trained designated laugher. She graduated from the Bates Vocational School's broadcasting program. Now, that is not some Donald Trump fake university. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Sp- Spud? Yes? I, well, I'm waiting to be introduced anytime you're ready. Anytime? Well, n- you know, now would be good. As as any, I think I, I would like to greet our listeners, too. I am the co-host, you know. Uh, temporary co-host. Yeah, well, temporary permanent co-host. Spud, I don't want to butt into this spat you're having here with... What's his name again? Well, oh. it's, it's Gerald Holcomb, Mrs. Jarvitz. You can call me Dorothy Harold. Yeah, well, it's it's Gerald. Yeah, you guys can introduce yourselves Gerald. to each other when the, when the show's over. Right now, we need to get this thing moving, okay? Courtney, Chloe, 
Aunt uh, Dorothy, I really need you to be there for me, especially when it seems like I'm losing the listeners. You know, you know, when I'm not saying something, you know, like really witty, that's when you need to come in with a hearty laugh. Even if what you say isn't witty or funny? Okay. <laughs> yes. Now that's the freaking point. That is when I need a little pick-me-up like that. Yeah, Great hey, job. Hey, Spud, you don't need to worry about this. I can work with your aunt, train her, you know, with the job duties. Though, I, I gotta say, I would have expected you to have already done this prior to us going on you know, the well, air. Yeah, well, I was gonna go over stuff with her, but I kind of got sidetracked with binge-watching season six of Full House. <laughs> that was cool. I said I would do this to help you out, as you are family, but don't right. make it more complicated than it needs to be. Well, it's no secret that we didn't get any interest, you know, after we put up the announcement for this position. You would have think women would have jumped at this opportunity. Uh, you know, some women might have felt it was somewhat demeaning to have to laugh well, on maybe. demand. Yeah. Smokey, this is not NOM. This is bowling. There are rules. I'm just saying. You know, but every drive time team has, uh, like, a female designated laugher, you know, why, I don't know, but if this lack of interest is like a preview uh, for, you know, future generations of designated laughers, then we all need to say a prayer, you know, for the long-term prospects of radio. Should I laugh at that? Well, <laughs> uh, can you take that up a notch? <laughs> yeah, that, that was a little better. Possibly. Yeah. Anyway, I, I, right now I need to introduce our musical guest, okay? Who I will be speaking with a little later in the program. So here are Old Foles.
Hey, this is Cheech Marin, and you're listening to the Spud Goodman Show. So am I. So keep listening. It could pay off. Hey, uh, Spud. Yeah. Your first guest, Thomas Hayden Church, is waiting to speak with you. All right. You know, many years ago at one of those television industry events at a fancy Ritz Carlton hotel in the L.A. area, I interviewed Thomas. I, really? I, you know, I know he won't remember me as, as he did tons of interviews, you know, that day, but he was a really down to earth guy, totally not into the Hollywood celebrity trip. You know, when you did these interviews, did they have craft services for the hosts doing the interviews? I, I bet the Ritz Carlton put out a good spread. Man, I stuffed as much of what they offered to us in my backpack as I could. You know, if I remember right, uh, a few of the cheese blintzes and, and eclairs got a little messy and I had to hose out the backpack when I got back to my room at, uh, at the Motel 6 I was staying at. Uh, we have sort of a problem here. You know, I just Googled Thomas. Did you know he was nominated for an Academy Award for the movie Sideways? Uh, yeah. I, I must have missed that when it came out. <laughs> of course. You know, I do my research. Do you think I just wing it when I talk to these stars? No. I always try and, and pick up like an Entertainment Weekly or an Us and see if I can find anything, you know, out about the guest. It, it can be exhausting preparing for these things. You know, someday I would like to subscribe to Entertainment Weekly too so I can be up, on, up to speed on what's happening in Hollywood. Some men just want to watch the world burn. My wife has said, maybe in the future, like for my birthday or something. Yeah, I can well, get can it just on. put Thomas on, Drew, Yo, Yeah, yeah, here, here he is. Please do welcome actor, director, and writer Thomas Hayden Church. How you doing, man? Okay, good. Thanks for, thanks for having me on, Spud. Absolutely. Well, you know, I know, I know you don't remember this, but I interviewed you for my TV show way back on a Ned and Stacy promo tour. I, I look back fondly on those days. I had pretty good hair, and and now I'm I'm on the radio. It's a circle of life, I guess. But anyway, <laughs> yeah, I, I was I, I was looking at, at the back of my head in a mirror just just the other day. I was wondering, I'm 56 years old. I said, man, when when oh Lord, when is it is it all going to start to go? And I still think I'm holding on pretty well. I've got a, Heck yeah, I've got you a are. decent head of hair still. So. Heck yeah, you are. But let's discuss your new HBO show, Divorce, that uh, you star in with Sarah Jessica Parker. It's a very good show, I must say. H having gone through a few of those, you know, divorces, uh, you guys have a very good handle on the dynamics involved. It's very relatable. Oh, thank you. Um, you know, she has not ever gone through a divorce. She's been, you know, long-time marriage with Matthew Broderick. Right. And uh, by all accounts, very happy. They uh, they certainly appear to be very content. Um, and I think they've been together for 22 years. It's been a good while. But uh, I've never been through a divorce. I have been through you know relationship collapse. Yeah. Uh, but a lot of my friends have uh, have been divorced, and and some of them even uh, more than once. So you know, you just sort of gather your observations and information as you go through life and and uh, I don't know how much of that I've actually specifically used 
but it's all in there. And I think that, you know, how we're constructing the stories, uh, it, it's probably more than I'm even aware. Uh, my reactions and my ideas, you know, come out of stuff that I've either witnessed or heard. Well, you know, the storyline's a bit bit of a twist from the usual take where the guy strays from the nest. Uh, Sarah Jessica Parker's character is the one who commits the indiscretion, which brings it all down. But you guys really kill it. You know, the interplay between the two of you is brilliant, I, I must say. Thank you. Um, you know, we, she and I did a movie together a number of years ago, Smart People, and we just hit it off. And, and we had a great time promoting the movie. And, you know, she was the one that invited me uh, to, to, to participate, uh, you, you, she sent me the script in a note at the beginning of 2015, and I, re- I thought it was intriguing. I thought it could be an interesting challenge. I had not been interested in doing a series for a long time, uh, but I knew that I, you know, had chemistry with, with SJ, just as performers, whether dramatic or comedic, that I just... You know, we get along. We right. we enjoy each other's company, right. and that makes it a lot easier. Uh, even when you're having, you know, a throwdown confrontation, it still makes it easier that you admire the person that's opposite of you. Oh, yeah, I, I, I bet. Um, well, let me touch on another project of yours. Now, uh, everyone's aware of it, of course. You were nominated for an Academy Award for your work in Sideways. Were you a wine guy before doing that movie? Does it sure seemed like a lot of it was consumed no. in the making of that movie. No, not at all. Okay, I, I don't drink wine at all. My girlfriend drinks wine, but I, I was not. I mean, I, I, you know, I lived in L.A. for 12 years, uh, at a time that, and in fact, one of my very first girlfriend in LA uh, that I dated for five years, she was way into wine, as were her parents. And so I did sort of get a bit of an introduction to people that had discerning palates, but I just never really got into wine. It, it always made me, it, it, like it dehydrated me really badly. Yeah. And so yeah. I never got into it. And then whenever I'm, you know, when I met with Alexander Payne, the writer, director of Sideways, you know, he was like, do you have any sort of insight about it? And I said, no. And he said, perfect. <laughs> you know, because he wanted my character, my guy, to be fairly clumsy in that world and, and bereft of, of knowledge of wine. Right. You know, I can't get into the wine scene myself, but it sure is a plus with women if you can rattle off the names of the good stuff. So for the sake of my love life, I should go back and watch Sideways again and take notes. I'm going to do that. But anyway, um, let me ask this. Uh, you've directed. Now, the, the film was Rolling Kansas in 2003. Is that something that you're burning to do again? That's a lot of work. Um, you know, it, it was probably an experience where I felt the most complete because... At the time that we, we shot it, um, or the summer, that summer we were prepping it, um, scouting locations, I, it took me, even though it was a $3 million movie, we scouted three, two or three different Canadian provinces, uh, several states, uh, you know, to, to, to match what we were trying to do. But, yeah, it was a great experience, and, and uh, yeah, no, I do. I, I do have another project that 
you know, is, is at various times had the financing, had the cast. All right. Uh, but yeah, there is another movie that I'm keenly interested in directing, and and it more than likely will get made next year um, after we hopefully finish work on the second season of Divorce. Say, Spud. Hey, uh, Thomas, excuse me for just a second. Um, what? Well, I, I know that in the show's credits, you're listed as the director of this radio show. The Spud Goodman Show is written and directed by Spud Goodman. And I don't yes. think Thomas is going to reciprocate and ask you that same question, so let me give you the opportunity to respond. Spud Goodman, do you harbor the desire to one day direct a motion picture? Well, first of all, I do perform significant duties in directing this radio show. I know. Like I tell the interns what kind of bagels to get, and I do all sorts of other important stuff, too. But we don't have time to get into it right now. Well, I was just sensing the satisfaction Thomas expressed after his directorial debut. You know, yeah. it might offer you a route to salvage your career and garner the respect you so lack up to this point. You know, maybe earn the gravitas you've been so in search of. Yeah, I mean, I know. Right now, nobody takes me seriously. I get absolutely no respect as some obscure radio talk show host. Directing my own movie would be a big step up. And you would get to go to all those film festivals around the world. Yeah. You know, directors are rock stars there, Spud. Wow. It sounds like a great idea. Yeah. All I'd have to do is, like, find a script and get some people to play the parts. It'd be a piece of cake, really. Well, maybe, Who wouldn't want to do it? Maybe you could ask Thomas for some tips on how to direct. You know, email him in the next week or so and, and pick his brain. Maybe. But right now, i got to wrap the interview up, so just please keep it down. Well, let me ask you, I, I know you got to get going, but I have to ask at least a quick question about a movie you were in, Mike Judge's Idiocracy. Just how prescient do you feel this movie has turned out to be? Because it pretty much nails the current state of mankind, don't you think? You know, it's funny because we did that movie, and of course it was like, uh, you know, the, the hilarity of, you know, everything being so robotically controlled, and, you know, of course... You know, in Mike's script, it was all futuristic. But uh, now, I, look, I think that Mike has always had a keen sense of observation about where technology and human interaction were going to converge, uh, including office space. Yes. And just how people interact. Yes. Uh, you know, with each other in an ever-increasing sort of robotically controlled industry and society. And uh, yeah, uh, I, it's amazing to me how many people comment, not only in that movie, which was considered to be a box office flop, but then really found an audience, you know, in, in cable and, and, and video and, or whatever, DVD. But, but I mean, I'm in that movie for one minute, and, and it's funny to me that people still notice that. But you're in it. But anyway, I know you got to go. You got to take a meeting or something. So let me remind everyone that uh, they that definitely need to catch the HBO sh HBO show Divorce. Uh, it airs each Sunday night. It's very very good. I want to thank you so much for coming on our show. Okay. Yeah, man. Appreciate the time. All right, Mr. Thomas Hayden Church. There's still more fun and excitement in store in the second half of the Spud Goodman Radio Show right after this brief intermission. Hi, I'm Dahlia. And Lucian. And we're Pigs Now. And we're Pigs Now. 
And we are on. And we are on. Hello, this is Dahlia. And Lucian. And we are Pigs Now. And we are Pigs Now. We are playing at the Spud Goodman Show. Thank you, Mr. Goodman. We now return to more action-packed thrills and excitement on the Spud Goodman Radio Show. You know, Mrs. Jarvitz, I could spend some time this weekend going over the full range of laughter that's appropriate for the show. It's a very subtle thing knowing how much is too much or too little. If I need your assistance, Jean, I'll let you know. So, Spud, how come you haven't had Jack Lord or Peter Falk on this radio show? You have that boy from Breaking Bad or the girl from Orange is the New Black. Right, but they're popular. But you can't have someone on that is really, really popular. Well. You see, I do listen to your show. But, Aunt Dorothy, I I don't even know if Jack Lord or Peter Falk are still alive. Hey, Gerald, Google that, would you? Right, I'm on it. You know, I think Jack Lord is still alive, though. But uh, just a second and I'll verify. It smells really good. Now, Aunt Dorothy, uh, being a part of the staff does not allow you to, you know, kind of get involved in the booking of guests. We sort of have a different demographic than, than what you and your friends maybe are familiar with. Ooh, hey, by the way, I'm sorry to report both Peter Falk and Jack Lord have passed away. Wow, I- I'm really sad to learn this. I would have been like 90 or something now, yeah. Well, when did Jack Lord die, though? Uh, it says here 1998. Okay. I guess I missed him in the Emmys mem- Memoriam that year. I, yeah, I guess i got to pay more attention. There are a number of great guests that are still alive, and it sure wouldn't hurt to see if some are available. Spud, I may not have a background in show business, but I, I know, do know, I know. Well, I know enough to figure out that this program is not exactly setting the world on fire. Hmm. I mean, look at this studio and the car you drive. Viewers and players, let's play Double Jeopardy. Um, the Ford Focus is a collector's item these days. Look, I love that car. It's very popular. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't think it's actually a collector's item. I've been to a few car shows, and I've never seen a Ford Focus. I think I have a car and track magazine at home that mentions the Focus is a really, really cool car. Yeah. <clears throat> uh, let's just move on here, though, okay? Ha, 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 spud. What this show needs is a news person that to keep the... a little flat, but... Well, what the listeners really need is uh, someone to keep them up on what's happening in the world. Like, right now, something important could be happening. Being well, a news person like Walter Cronkite is something yeah, I would well, love to do. Um, Nothing against this laughing thing, but I know I could be a great news person. Uh, Dorothy, we can't do a news report on this show. It airs on other stations over the next week. And who wants to hear, like, day-old news or, or two or three day-old news? Tonight, a Kelly File exclusive. Yeah, you know, he has a point, Mrs. Jarvitz. His cousin Samuel has been pestering him for years to be the show's weather person. But, you know, when it's raining here in Seattle, it could be sunny and warm in Florida or something different in Chicago. Yeah. It just won't work. Well, I said I would do this designated laugher job if I could also do something more interesting, too. I don't want to cause a stink here, but even at my age, I do have career aspirations. Uh, Uh, Mr. Co-host, can you get me out of this thing? Uh, Just check and see if our next guest is ready to go. Uh, Yeah, Spud, and I'm being told that uh, your next guest, Too Short, is holding to speak with you. All right, super. Can I ask you who Too Short is? Um, one of the biggest rappers of all time. Really? He's from Oakland and has had a bunch of hits that you have never heard of. Well, listen, I'll plead guilty to not being familiar with rap music. 
everyone yeah. who listens to this program is aware of that. Yes, they I, you are. Know, I'm more of an adult contemporary fan, I guess. Mm. Oh, that is terrific. Uh, translation, um, uh, that Michael Bublé guy and Lionel Richie and Celine Dion. I know those are your favorites, you and your wife. Well, I, I've seen you. I, I like a little rock music, too, like uh, uh, Chicago. You know, I like them. Yeah. And, oh, oh yeah, uh, the Starland Vocal Band. Yeah, They've right. had some pretty rocking tunes in the past. And just put Too Short on before he figures out how lame this show is, please. Oh, you got it. Here yeah. he is. Please welcome rapper, producer, and actor, Too Short to the Spud Goodman Show. Hey, man, thanks for calling in. Uh, you know, no problem, man. Just, uh, just out here letting people know what's going on with me. Right. Well, let's talk about that. You got a new uh, weekly podcast out now titled Two Shorts Boombox, available at podcastone.com and iTunes. Hey, how would you describe the show? Well, the show is um, it's a, usually about an hour, no more than an hour and a half. Um, get a lot of good music in there, a lot of music that's never been released. Um, the, the, the dynamics of the show is it's me and my crew just having a conversation with you know, really good friends of mine from the industry who have uh, really successful things. And the conversation, I try to keep it lighthearted, but at the same time, I want to give that information of, of what does it take to succeed and what does it take to maintain that success and basically do it from an angle where I'm not a journalist interviewing right. a guest, but I'm just you know, too short talking to his, his friends. Right. So right. That, that's the whole point. We try to keep it real personal. We laugh a lot. And um, in the end, when you, when, you, when you listen to it, you get some good music and you get some good information. All right, super. Well, hey, Kent, let me start at the beginning a little bit with uh, with your uh, what you've done. You got the name Too Short in high school when you first began your rap career, but you really aren't too short. So were you cool at, with the name at that time, or did it take you a while to learn to love it? Well, it started off as a name that they teased me with. They used to call me short because I was so short. Yeah. And um, I was I was the one that put the two on it. I got that from a movie. <laughs> and and this guy, the character's name was Too Sweet. So I'm like, yeah, okay, I'm, I'll be too short and they're going to leave me alone. So, you know, um, I grew a little while later. And I'm not actually too short anymore, but no, the name stuck. With my rap name, I started rapping in high school. And I couldn't change the name. So even people that went to high school, I grew after high school. Huh. So people I went to high school with would, would often see me and say, how the hell did you get that tall? I'm like, but I'm only 5'8", man. I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm somewhere in the middle there. I'm not a... Yeah, but five eight. Five, two, like I yeah, five eight. I mean, you can still ball. You can do everything. That's not too short. But anyway, I just thought I'd throw that out. Um, l- let me make a guess here. But you are probably the smartest rapper in the business as far as managing your finances, because both your parents were accountants. So that gives you a really big edge over others in the industry, don't you think? Well, my parents weren't my accountants, but at the same time, I do have that um, the mathemat- mathematical abilities to. Count the numbers. I knew. I knew early on that the one thing I should not do is turn my back on the money. Yeah. And let somebody else, you know, accept the checks and pay me and take care of my money and stuff. So I think that was a a good move from the start. I mean, from day one, the very first time I ever sold any records, the money came straight to me. And I know a lot of artists that. Yeah. Don't have control. Yeah, absolutely. Or a lot of artists who, the reason why their career never made it, never lasted, was because they found out five, six, seven years later that the person who handled, handled their money 
messed it all up and took it and spent it and hit it and stole it. Yep. Well, you know, I didn't do that. I sure wish my parents had known something about managing money. I might not have blown it all, and I wouldn't still be stuck doing this damn radio show. But that's another topic. I won't bore you with that. So let me hit you with this. Uh, you, you know, you worked in the studio with the greats of rap, Biggie, Tupac, Jay-Z, among others. Did it ever get competitive where you were trying to top each other with the rhyme or something? Or was it always like a there is no I in team thing? I think it's, um, it's the intimidation factor when you walk in the studio. And the guy you're working with today is Tupac, and you know what he's capable of. Yeah. And then you have to be on a song with this guy, and you're like, well, what am I going to do? So you have to reach. It's like sports. When you know you, you your next game is against Kobe Bryant or, or, or Michael Jordan or, you know, a number one player, you got you to gotta put your A, a game on and get in there and do it. So uh, what happens is, as a fan, we love collaborations. Right, and I think the reason why we love them is because those artists are all dealing with that intimidation factor of of, of great artists working together and going, "Oh my God, I have to do my best work today." So co- collaborations are great, man. I love them. Yeah, well, you've you've done a bunch, absolutely. Um, you know, I myself will admit publicly, as I have on the air in the past, I'm kind of partial to old school rap. Now, you're about to release a 30th year anniversary album, so you've seen it all from the past to the present. Do you feel today's hip hop can hold up against the early days when things began to blow up? I truly do, and I think that um, I think that what makes the music last is, you know, when I was a youngster. And I was making hit records, whether they be radio hits or underground hits. The people who were in love with that music, who were the million people buying every album I put out, that that was a time in their life that, you know, the music means something to you. You're 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 young. You're you're doing something in life, um, going to college, high school, whatever, and that that music sticks with you. All the kids who are loving the new hip hop right now, who are making these artists rich and famous. Later on in their life, this music is, the, the music of today is going to be very nostalgic to them. And it's going to be classics. <clears throat> some of these songs, whether it's somebody mumbling some rap that we can't even understand, some of these songs are going to be timeless classic hits. Some of them are going to, a lot of them are just going to go away and be, you know, just for the moment. But I think that it's just inevitable that we are, we are launching careers. Some of these guys, just like back in my day, will be one-hit wonders, will think that it's the greatest thing that ever happened, and then two years later, we'll never hear from them again. Right. But some of these guys are going to make this out of this. Some of these guys are going to get better, and they're going to make some really great songs. They're making great songs now. You can't, you can't discount it because it's not our era. You can't discount it because when we were the new thing, when hip hop was young, everybody across the board in music said this little hippy hoppity thing is going to go away pretty soon. Like this is a this is equivalent to a dance. It's a fad. I remember that. Oh, did you hear what Too Short just said? You made fun of me on the air when I called this genre of music hippity-hop. You can't tell hip-hop what to do. You know, there are always many different descriptive terms for music, Spud. Hey, Too Short, uh, give me a minute. I got something to take care of here. Good. He was commenting on how lame media people were responding to the advent of rap and hip-hop by using that term. He did not validate it. I would not advise you to ever again use that stupid term on the air or in public. 
Nonsense. It's my understanding that rap music is freeform, lacking formal boundaries to allow it to breathe and be more spontaneous than, say, other forms of music. Ooh, look who just Googled the word rap music. Am I now supposed to take your commentary on this topic seriously? Google the word ethnocentric. Okay, g give me just a moment. We don't have time for that. I oh. need to get back to Too Short. In the future, please refrain from commenting on all types of music, period. It's safer. Hey, man, I'm sorry about that delay, but I'm back. Well, I want before you go, I had to run this by you. You know, I go to karaoke nights a bit and had a, had a broke out. You know, oh. I have more than a few times I broke out and blow the whistle a few times. Okay, so is, should there be a federal law preventing old white dudes from rapping? I mean, some have said it's a crime against humanity and I should leave it to the skilled professionals. What's your position? Well, I would say if you did that, you'd probably you'd probably be erasing a lot of laughs. You'd probably be taking a lot of laughs away from a lot of people if you banned old white dudes from doing karaoke hip-hop. Don't right. ever ban old white dudes from doing karaoke hip-hop. Thank you. I haven't seen it yet, and I want to see it ASAP. Oh, well... Hey, I'll let you know sometime when I take the stage. But, all right, I know you got to go. So let me remind everyone about your podcast, Two Shorts Boombox Podcast, available at podcastone.com and iTunes. Hey, man, I, you know, I really, really appreciate you checking in with us, okay? Yeah, make sure you use a dollar sign for the S. Two short, Two short dollar sign for the S. Dollar sign. That's, that's very important. Okay, got it. All right, super. There you have it. Two short. For all who love beautiful music, there's one program you must hear. This is the Spud Goodman Show. Okay, it's musical guest interview time. Please say hello to our musical guest, Old Foles. Gentlemen, your true identities, please, and be prepared to present your driver's license if need be, and also your instrument of choice. I'm Josh. I play the drums. Uh, Jason, I am the bass player. Justin on guitar. Super. And vocals. Super. Uh, well, please describe the uh, Old Foles sound, if you would. And remember, though no one is under oath, a truthful testimony is in everyone's best interest. We sound like the Bee Gees meets <laughs> Sesame uh, Street. And King Diamond. <laughs> okay, super. All right, I like that. Well, you know, in every band that rocks... There's someone who always turns it up to like 12 or 13. Who is the guilty party in Old Foles? And it couldn't be everyone, or you guys could never practice within the city limits. That's Josh. I don't know. I was thinking Justin. I was thinking Justin, too. He knocks my drums over sometimes. Yeah. Okay. So that's yeah, he brings, he, brings, he brings some passion. We all bring a passion every day, but sometimes he brings just a, a pocket full more. I see a lot of passion in what you guys do, so I would, I would vouch for that. All right. Um, well, if you guys could open for any band on the planet, who would it be? Ouch. Jehu. Yeah. Yeah, I'd probably drive like Jehu. Drive like Jehu. <laughs> We're doing that. Okay. All right. Yeah. Super. Well, in summation, uh, what is the mission statement of Old Foles? Can I assume it is to rock? Uh, I don't want to put words in your mouth, but... And just, just uh, yeah, it's to rock and to have fun and and uh, you know old foals. So we're old, but we're we're new, and uh, just don't ever forget where you come from and try and keep it fresh. I like that. Can I write that down and maybe steal it? <laughs> yeah. All right, super. Well, what's the name of the next song? That's a good question. Sideways. No, no. this is called Gang of Wasps. Gang of Wasps. Okay, that well, let's do it.
is the Spud Goodman Radio Show. Hey there, this is John Doe. You're listening to Spud Goodman uh, make a fool of himself, as he usually does. And it's a good thing, because then you can laugh along with your friends and not laugh with him, but laugh at him. Hey, uh, Spud, your next guest, Angela Serafian, is on the line for you. All right. You know, the show she's on, Westworld on HBO, uh-huh. it's kind of wild, man. I mean, I know you haven't seen it, uh, but no. trust me on this one. Yeah, Is this a Western? Uh, kind of, sort of, a sci-fi Western. But don't ask me to describe it as it's, uh, it'd be like way, way over your head. There are all kinds of perversions. Well, is there like a lot of gunplay and carousing by the cowboys? Uh, something like that. Uh, just put Angela on. Yeah, okie dokie. Here she is. Please welcome actress Angela Serafian uh, to the program. We appreciate you calling in. Oh, thanks so much for having me. Absolutely. It's such a pleasure. Yeah. I've been to Seattle one time, and I love I loved it there. It's so beautiful. Super. Well, let's discuss the show you're now co-starring in, HBO's Westworld, airing on Sunday nights at 9 p.m. That's kind of an honored time slot at HBO. Over the years, you know, their top shows have had that slot. Uh, most recently, Game of Thrones. No pressure, right? Yeah, no pressure. Super. Yeah, I, I found the original film version of Westworld to, uh, to be really cool, so it's a pretty high bar for you guys, uh, but you have such an amazing cast, you know, attached to the production, so, and as you say, everything I've heard, the buzz is, is uh, pretty incredible, so you, you, the future's pretty bright, correct? Yeah, that's how it's looking. Uh, so, unlike, unlike the film itself, you said you saw the film, the one in 1973. Did you see the original? Yes. Starring Yul Brenner. Um, starring Yul Brenner, yeah. So, well, this is a little different from, from the original film. It, it kind of inverts the premise of the film. Westworld is more of this full-boat, western-meet, science-fiction film. It has this vision of the future. It includes visions of the past, a wholly kind of immersive experience in a synthetic western. So, basically, in the show itself... The robots aren't the ones that go crazy. It's, it's more like the ghosts, the guests themselves are the perpetrators against the host. The hosts themselves, being the androids, they really completely believe in the Western world that they live in. So they don't know about technology. They don't know anything. They just kind of live in, in this time period, just have these relationships and 100% believe in that. And when the guests come, they have full access to whatever that they would fantasize about, whatever they'd like to dream up. And they could do it because there are absolutely no rules. Wow. Okay. Well, you know, Hollywood's come a long ways uh, since the Tin Man, you know, needing a heart uh, in, in The Wizard of Oz. Your characters come uh, fully equipped, I guess. So it's interesting. Uh, yeah, Spud. Yes. Oh, I have read about what Angela's referring to here. Westworld is a den of sin. Some very immoral acts are committed on this show. Robots or not, there are carnal acts portrayed. Uh, just one moment, Angela. Yes, yes. Well, I certainly hope so, as I pay good money for HBO each month. You know, if you had your way, all programs on TV would be about as titillating as watching a spelling bee or something. Oh, well, spelling bees are fascinating to watch. Um... We try and tape them when we see them listed on our TV guide. I don't think TV guide is published anymore. At least I haven't seen it at the checkout counter at Safeway since the 90s, man. 
Well, whatever that thing is that has the TV listings. But anyway, let's just say I'm very grateful there is no Westworld in real life, as that might just be the tipping point for mankind's demise. Having sex with robots? It's just wrong, Spud. Listen, I try not to judge, okay? Now let me get back to Angela. I'm sorry, uh... Well, Clemens had penny feathers. She's, she's one of the popular attractions in, in the theme park. My character, she kind of, she's there to give love and, and attention to, to men. She's like what most men desire. And Tandy Newton's character, Maeve, is the, her madam. So, um, we all, all the hosts have very specific, char- like, programs that they're given, and they follow the programs. Oh. They serve a very specific purpose, yeah. Well, you answered that question because I know uh, your character, uh, Clementine, is described as Westworld's most popular attraction, and I I just wondered what the heck that meant, but I guess you just you explained it. All right, super. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so you have a new feature film also coming out, The Promise, opposite uh, Christian Bale. Uh, how, how was that experience? And did, did He didn't yell at you much, did he? Because I'm guessing he's pretty polite to you, of, of course. But. Oh. No, I'm just curious. No, you know, he, he doesn't like noise on the He was set. very sweet. Okay. Like, I... He's funny and very down-to-earth and a really good guy. I had a really great experience meeting him and working with him and similar to him, Oscar Isaac, a wonderful actor. And oh, he's amazing. It's really he's funny. They're very humble. Yeah. Uh, I, so I just I know I, he had a bad I, I day that time. I just I knew that was I, I knew he just had a bad day, and I figured he's a great guy. So, yeah, I just just thought I'd throw that out. So, um, well, I, <laughs> I guess we all have bad days, you know? Absolutely. There are yeah. no problems. Tell me about like, it. We, we all can be any kind of way. And, you know, that's what, that's what, to bring it back to the show, that's the whole point of the show is to say, where are our limits? Like, we can go as far as doing very violent things and very unpleasant things to other people. And yet, why is that? That's the real question. Right. All right. Good point. All right. Well, I'm going to close this thing with asking you this. Angela Serafian, what has been your most memorable moment as an actress? Oh, let me think. Um, working with Anthony Hopkins oh, is, yeah. is one of those memorable moments. I had one day on set where he, he actually started talking like his character from Silence of the Lambs and it was specifically to me and I was just kind of blown away when I saw him yeah. do that so it was one of those moments it was just surreal that would have made me wet my pants so alright super okay well let me remind <laughs> everyone that Westworld the new show you co-star in is now airing each Sunday night at 9pm on HBO hey uh, we really yeah. want to thank you so much for spending a few moments with us Thank you so much. It was a pleasure to be here. All right. Thank this, you. This is Angela Serafian. This is the Spud Goodman Show. <laughs> Looks just like the real thing. Hey, uh, Spud, our public sector food critic, Lawrence, is holding on the line to do his segment. All right, good. Put him on. Hey, hey Spud. Hey, Jerry. And uh, hey, hello, listeners out there. You know, I didn't get a chance to Gerald. thank you for the refrigerator magnet from that Rikers Island jail in New York that you visited, you know, for your last review. It, it looks pretty cool on it. It smells really good. Good, good. My pleasure. You know, I know how much you enjoy collecting those fridge magnets and all that. Right. Okay, so this week, I was able to swing it so that I never had to leave home. It was nice. 
after traveling all over the country, it's nice to just Uber to a place 20 minutes from my home. Wow. No Greyhound bus station to deal with, nothing like that. Yeah. I reviewed the cuisine at the Fort Lewis Officers Club. I lost you. Are you there? Yeah, I you know I reviewed We're, the uh, cuisine at Fort Lewis Officer Club Happy Hour. The Happy Hour at the Fort Lewis Officers Club. Oh, that's kind of cool. You know, I've heard kind of yeah. I've heard good things about the place. And I've, I've never had the privilege of you know, like serving our country, but if, if I you know I had that, that'd be a that'd be a nice perk. You know, is it true that cosmopolitans are like a buck a piece there? I heard that. Oh yeah. Well, yeah, happy hour prices were $1.50 for well okay, drinks. Okay. And the, the spread they had was top-notch comparable to most of the five-star hotel happy hours that you get. I'm so hungry. Well, you know, as it should be, our service members get the short end of the stick so often, you know, they at least better be offered, like, quality, cheap drinks and top-of-the-line snack food. Hey, hey, Lawrence, yeah. as a fellow teetotaler, is it tough for you to review happy hour offerings? I would think it would be somewhat difficult. Yeah, I mean, as a non-drinker, how do you even know if those places are like that you're reviewing are serving weak-ass, watered-down drinks? Okay, well, let me tell you, I have my methods to determine which places cutting the corners on the products that they serve. Yeah. Now, so this officers club, not only did they have top shelf liquor, and the orders were ob- obviously prepared by these highly skilled chefs. Okay. The cowboy caviar was amazing. The olive and pistachio bruschetta were spot on. And the mini peppers, they filled it with goat cheese and asparagus. Oh, oh it was heavenly. You know, I got to tell you, my wife makes a mean stuffed pepper. Shut up! Shut up! Shut up! Uh, you know, this is not about your wife, okay? Well, Stop trying to score points with her as you know she's listening. So, Lawrence, uh, did you hang out with any generals? Well, I don't know. Not that I know of, because most everybody there, they were in civilian clothes. But, you know, they were still nice people, I got to say. Much, much nicer than the staff at that Rikers Island jail. Okay, I'm going to give this place five sports. Really? I would highly recommend the Officers Club Happy Hour at Fort Lewis. Wow. But, unfortunately, most people would have to enlist first to be able to do that and then work their way up to being an officer. So, I don't know. Rank, it has its privileges and nice spread, I tell you. I guess so. So, where's your next assignment? Well, you know, I won't know until next week, but, you know, I'm ready to get back on the road now. Okay, all right. Well, I will talk to you soon. Thank you for the review, okay? Yeah, you bet. Sure thing. All right, bye for now. Bye. Wow, five sporks. Wow. I think it might be a first. Spud, you are my nephew, so I will do what you wish, as I did offer to help out here, but I had no idea this show was so... So boring, frankly. Well, I'm sorry you feel that way, Aunt Dorothy. I'm doing the best I can here. But boring is kind of harsh, Mrs. Jarvitz. Shut the f*** up, Donnie. Uh, You know, I would acknowledge that the show does tend to drag a bit when Spud goes off on one of his tangents. But for the most part, I think it moves along at a pretty good pace. All I'm saying here is I only have so many years left. And when I volunteer, I want my efforts to mean something. When I'm done with my shift in the kitchen at the rescue mission on Sundays, I know I have made people's lives a little better. Right now, not so much. Well, when I ask you to help out, I never promised the show was going to change the world. You know, I do participate in other activities where I give back to the community and my fellow man. I don't think it's going to happen. 
like I recycle and some other stuff too. Hey, that's heartening to hear, Spud. Maybe you could elaborate and share more on that information with our listeners as it couldn't hurt your likability. Remember, that was the key issue that was brought up in our staff meeting this week. And people haven't really taken to Spud since he was little. Really? This is no great secret, but we in the family still love him regardless. That's so hot. Well, thank you for that, Aunt Dorothy. Um, You know, regarding my involvement in good deeds, I would rather kind of keep that private. There's no need for me to exploit them for personal gain unless I decide to, you know, to run for public office. But, you know, you're welcome anytime at our church's monthly cakewalk. They're pretty well attended, and I think you'd be a great guest announcer. No. I generally assume the announcer duties, but you would be a nice surprise. Oh, oh I love cakewalks. Let me know when you have the next one. Yeah, I, I'm not sure cakewalks are my scene. Uh, I appreciate the opportunity, though. Oh, but, um, we have a wide variety of cakes. No. Some that are a little special, like a pineapple right-side-up cake. And uh, last last month, we had a five-tier carrot cake, too, that my wife made. That yeah. is messed up, yo. Oh, wow. Everyone wanted that one. Still trying to it's score bad. points. You always loved your angel food cakes. Remember, your mother always bought one of them, one of those for your birthdays. She said you loved them no, so much. No, no. I hated plain angel food cake. My mom, may she rest in peace, and you know this, was not real skilled mm, in the kitchen. Uh-huh. So on all of my birthdays, she would go to Safeway, you know, and buy an unfrosted angel food cake, toss some frozen strawberries on top with a dab of Cool Whip, not a lot, just a tiny dab, and call it good. Aunt Dorothy, I'm a frosting man. Lots of frosting, and I've told my mom that so many times. I mean, now I I just eat it out of the can now, but, you know. I didn't know. Yeah. You know, I would like to say, Spud, I feel much more comfortable around your aunt than our former designated laugher. I mean, listen, nothing against Gina, but she seemed a bit uppity to me and uppity. not a team player. Um, um, you suck! Uh, are you channeling your inner madman Trump mindset right now? Gina was a consummate professional, and she's going to be greatly missed. Well, I've got to tell you, coming down with that vocal fry malady was unfortunate, but it's opened the door for some new blood here, and I like to think it's someone who respects what I bring to the show. Oh, Gene here is somewhat fond of himself, isn't he? Good call, yo. You picked that up already, huh? Well, no, I'm just saying that it's a clear upgrade. Yes, we may need to Photoshop some social media promo pictures, as I know we do need a cute young female in our ranks. Every radio show has one, but you'd be amazed how easy it is to just juxtapose someone else's face onto a body. I'm not going to let anyone Photoshop some young hot babe's face onto my Aunt Dorothy's body for our promo pictures. That would be wrong. Well, why didn't you say so? Thank you, Spud. Right. Okay, okay. It was just a suggestion. And and I gotta tell you, you know, in some societies, age is a valued commodity. Hey, we're not exactly young kids ourselves, so you might want to consider that before you go down this road again. Uh, Anyway, let me close the show because I am really freaking hungry. So I am Spud Goodman. Be all that you can be, and I mean that. God bless and ciao. Bye-bye. Once again, here are Old Foles.
show is produced by David Brenneman of Rosedale Audio Productions and recorded at NWCZ Radio. Engineer Mike Renville, executive producer Lori Madsen. Written and directed by Spud Goodman. Production assistants Brian Martin and Trent Patello. Video director T.J. Pite. Original music by Mike Spots and Tom Harmon. On-air talent Rob McGee, David Deer, Derek Schneider, Pam McGee, and Tom Nolan. Copyright 2016 Spud Goodman Productions. David Brenneman speaking.